I'm Andy Tempty, and today we're continuing our conversation around mentoring with Casey Walters, Head of Global Professional Development at Northern Trust Corporation. Welcome, Casey, and uh, you know, can you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Thanks, Andy. I, I'm really happy to be here. Uh, as you mentioned, I manage global professional development for Northern Trust, so that includes a, a lot of different strategies, including mentoring and career development, uh, along with onboarding and future focus skills and professional skill development. I've been in learning and development for over 20 years now, so quite, quite a long stretch. Um, Northern Trust I've been with for about six years at this point. So I, again, I'm really excited to be here. Thank you. So we're letting our audience know that we're both seasoned in quotes. We are very well seasoned. Yes. <laughs> All right. I like well, that word a lot. So yeah, it, it's a, it's a very innocuous uh, way, way, <laughs> way to put it. Yes. Um, so first question today, you know, mentorship is uh, widely known, but in my opinion, a, a frequently misunderstood concept. Uh, take us through how you define uh, mentorship and are there different kinds of mentorship we should be thinking about? Yeah, it, it, it is a good question. And I would say a lot of people use the term mentoring to mean lots of different things. The way that uh, I define mentoring is it's really like having a partner in development. Um, I, I think you have a mentor to help guide certain areas that a mentee would like to develop. So usually it is a one-to-one -one relationship, not always, and I can talk a little bit about that next, but usually it's a one-to-one -one relationship where it does have a period of time that can stretch, you know, nine months, 12 months. It kind of depends on the goals of the relationship. But I do think that is another key piece is it isn't a relationship for relationship's sake. It is one that has very clear goals in place where someone wants to develop themselves um, either in their career or, or either in, in networking and building their network or staying relevant on certain topics. And it should be a safe place. It should be a relationship where there's some chemistry uh, between the two people, as well as trust and confidence in one another's abilities. And so usually, again, it's, a, it's kind of a one-to-one -one relationship. But I say that as, as a caveat, because what we're seeing more and more is that mentoring can also be one-to-many. So we call these mentoring circles. So very similar, it is focused on developing a, a certain knowledge base or a, a potentially um, a certain perspective on things, but you typically have one mentor to, you know, we'd say five to eight people. And so these kind of comprise circles where you're developing, but you're developing on a common goal, which is why the group uh, kind of concept works. But there's also uh, reverse mentoring, which I, love and hate that name a little bit. It still is a mentoring relationship, but typically what you'll see is it'll be more of a seasoned professional um, matched with maybe a, a less seasoned professional to, again, understand different perspectives. Sometimes it revolves around technology or emerging trends. Um, so usually this works with you know, senior people in the organization learning about you know, what might be up and coming. 
And a newer concept in mentoring is something called flash mentoring. Um, so this kind of goes uh, against a little bit of having a long-term relationship. This is more of a point in time being connected with somebody one time, two times to again, build your network or maybe develop something specific or get different perspectives on where to take your career or your development path. Uh, and that's something that we have also tried within my own organization as a way to keep people connected during this time. So it kind of has a lot of different flavors to it, but the most traditional type of mentoring is that one-to-one -one relationship where you're really looking for that mentor to be your development partner, your guide through whatever it is you would like to develop. Yeah, later in the conversation, I want to uh, explore kind of the long lens of time yes. uh, as, as it relates to uh, mentorship, but we'll... Uh, I hate this phrase, but I'll use it anyway. We'll put a pin in that, uh, yes. in that concept <laughs> for now. Yes. Um, what, talk, let's talk a little bit more about the why uh, behind, behind mentoring. You know, I, uh, when both of my boys were uh, in junior high and high school, I guess they call it middle school these days, but, you know, I, I kept telling them to be on the lookout for uh, for the mentors, uh, for folks that would become the mentors in their lives. Uh, what's, from your perspective, what's the why behind, you know, kind of constantly doing that search? Yeah, I think, you know, why someone might seek out a mentor is uh, the most traditional reason is really thinking about their career. I mean, oftentimes, if we want to make a pivot in our career or, we may not know where to take our career, but we feel like we want something more. Finding and having a mentor can help you um, do some self-reflection, can, can help you um, think about your career and the skills needed and your interests and maybe where you can take your career. But I also think there's a couple of other reasons you might seek out uh, a mentor. And I alluded to this before, but we see a lot of people wanting a mentor to build their network. And networking is important to the previous uh, goal, actually. To, to build your career, you want to network with different people. You want to understand what pe different people are doing, how they might be using skills that you either have or want uh, in different capacities. I think having different perspectives also helps. Um, we see this, you know, from a company perspective, uh, which I know we'll talk about later, but it really does help with diversity and inclusion as well. So if you want to see something from a different side, um, we often will get advice from the same people. And I think seeking a mentor maybe a little bit outside of that would also help kind of round you out and think of things from a different perspective. Um, but honestly, staying relevant too, I mean, understanding what the trends are and what you might not be considering in your own development, but really looking towards your career path is why we would seek out a mentor. And actually, there are also reasons why a mentor might want to be a mentor. Um, and so those people I know who serve as mentors take it very seriously, and they find benefits for themselves as well. So they that's a way for themselves to develop. They can hone their questioning skills. I mean, they learn about themselves. Uh, and, and it's really helpful as a mentor to be pretty self-aware too um, of your own biases uh, that you might bring into a conversation. But that's also a way for mentors to develop is, is to actually take on a mentee and have that relationship as well. Yeah, we uh, the first thing that came to mind while you're talking about is the 
the echo chambers that we're all caught in, uh, especially yes. in, in in this time in in our in uh, in our society and in our lives. Uh, you know, we we've got these close circles. Uh, we've had to have close circles over the last fifteen months, yes. <laughs> and so the number of voices and the diversity of those voices uh, has uh, has has really been uh, really been challenged. Mm-hmm. Um, can can you walk us through some of the kind of key necessary components of uh, of of a mentoring relationship from your perspective? Yeah, from my perspective, and and this is where we often hear a lot of people come to me and say, you know, I would love to be a mentor, or I really want to find a mentor but they don't know how to go about it. Um, Or they'll have a, uh, in previous times, they'll meet for a cup of coffee or they'll try to have a cup of coffee virtually and they get to know one another and they don't know where to take it from there. So really mentoring, it is a relationship, but it's a relationship on purpose with purpose. So uh, the keys to success with having one of these relationships is to really understand what the mentee's goals are. And that is something the mentor can do through questioning. I mean, really uh, simple questions of what are they trying to achieve? Where would they like to go? Where are they stuck? What have they tried? There's lots of open-ended questions um, that a mentor can ask to try to get to the goals of what that person wants to achieve. But setting those objectives and then working through and getting to an actual action plan and working that action plan is the focus of a mentoring relationship. And so that's why, you know, the questioning skills of the mentor is very important. Building that trust, understanding logistically when and how you're going to meet, you have to be very intentional about that. Because if you just say, oh, well, the next time, you know, I see you, which clearly during these times is challenging, you know, we'll, we'll carve some time to talk about it. It has to be scheduled, just like a project would be scheduled. Um, you need to make time for this. You need to have specific goals for each meeting and try to track progress and get feedback. And you can even talk about how the mentoring relationship is going. So working on that action plan is important, but also understand how the relationship is working for both parties is important. Um, I also think for the mentor specifically, um, if you are more of a seasoned professional, you have a lot of war stories to share um, and experiences to, to impart, which is wonderful. But I always try to help mentors understand, you know, your job more is about questioning and guiding and less about you dominating the conversation. Um, However, I would say there is a piece of advising in there. I mean, the reason, you know, oftentimes a mentee does want a mentor is because they do want to learn from that individual. So it's it's a balancing act. Uh, it's, It's a combination of questioning, listening, and maybe directing, advising, and maybe even nudging. And I think this is where a mentor can help more so than maybe someone's manager, which you are accountable to for your performance, is to say, why don't you try to do something different? Why don't you go have an informational interview with this person? To nudge that mentee out of their comfort zone to try new things is a way that that person will develop. Again, it has to be in alignment with their goals, um, but I think a mentor can, can get away with nudging someone, especially if they've built the trust that's necessary. Yeah, when you were going through the keys to the initial keys to success, uh, yeah. in, in my mind, I'm thinking, 
well, gosh, aren't those the responsibilities of every manager on the planet? Um, now, there's, uh, in, in, from my experience and my perspective, uh, most managers don't really know that those are their responsibilities and that's a key miss uh, in, in many organizations is, you know, managers get caught more in the doing and the processing and the flow than they do in the development uh, of, 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 of their people. So, uh, you know, let's just take a, like a 30 degree turn here and just explore that a little more deeply. In, in your opinion, what is the difference then between uh, the, if, if we both agree that the, the first part of your list are both the responsibility of the manager and the responsibility of a strong mentor, what's that difference in those two relationships? Yeah, it's, yeah, that's a, that is a very fair question. And I, you know, would, would love to see managers taking a more proactive approach as to what I just described uh, with their team. You know, managers tend, to your point, tend to be more focused on the day-to-day. -day. I think, you know, they tend to help more with performance-related questions. They certainly can help with career. But I think the difference with a mentor is, you know, and it should be a safe place with the manager as well. But sometimes people need an outside perspective and, and they do need to feel psychologically safe that whatever they want to share, they, for whatever reason, they may not be comfortable sharing that with their manager. So for example, and, and this is something we are working on is, you know, some managers are not as open to someone saying, you know what, I want a completely different job. I, it, and it may have nothing to do with the manager, but I don't want to be on this team anymore. I've interacted with these people over here. How do I get from point A with my manager to point B, which is somewhere completely different? We hope that that relationship with the manager would be secure enough and open enough for someone to share that. Sometimes it's not. And, and sometimes the manager can provide one perspective, but I think the point with having a mentor is it is a completely different perspective. They don't have skin in the game necessarily on your day-to-day -day performance, and you can have candid conversations about where you might want to go. And so it really is having, you know, just someone else, you know, for this person to talk to and have, you know, a relationship with outside of their manager, because their manager may have one viewpoint. Um, it might be broad, but it might be narrow. And so that's where I think having, having a mentor certainly gives that safety of, of having a conversation that may have nothing to do with their day-to-day performance. Yeah, I, I, I like that. So the word vulnerability uh, immediately uh, comes to mind. Yep, it's a good uh, word. As, as a key skill that both mentor and mentee uh, uh, can, uh, can, can really yes. be focused on here. And this differentiator of then uh, psychological safety. So to be vulnerable, you, you really yes. have to be in a position of psychological safety. So I, yes. I'm confident that our listeners will really appreciate uh, what, mm -hmm. what you've pointed out there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've, we've, we've been living in a blended and remote work environment for well over a year. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're recording this at what is hopefully the tail end of the, <laughs> of, of the pandemic. Uh, I just uh, touched wood uh, here. <laughs> 
yes you know, hopefully you know get vaccinated if you're medically able please as a public service announcement uh, <laughs> but uh, how do you keep a mentorship relationship alive in uh, what will what will assuredly be an extended time of blended and remote work yes absolutely absolutely because even if we quote unquote return to the office um, which hopefully one day andy you and i will be across the table somewhere in a conference room somewhere actually speaking uh, one, one day in the future i still think we're, we're going to be in this hybrid environment where where people will not be co-located five days a week it's just it's just not going to happen and especially if you're a global organization we've been operating this way i mean my team is across the globe and so i i very rarely see people in person even when we were in the office and i, I think when it comes to remote I don't know that much changes other than you need to be very intentional about your meetings. And, but I would recommend that even if you were co-located in an office. Um, so scheduling meetings and not saying, okay, we'll figure that out later, that, that doesn't work because later may never come. So certainly leveraging the technology like we are now, it is very important to have cameras on because this is, again, it's a candid, safe, trusted relationship that's hard to do when you're just staring at a at a black screen so having cameras on intentionally scheduling and i think the other point that i i kind of neglected to say about the keys of a successful mentor relationship but i'll say here is that it should be driven by the mentee the mentor is not driving this relationship the mentee while the mentor gets something out of it i would hope the mentee is the one that's looking for the guidance. They're looking for the development partner. And so therefore they need to drive this. So I would say the mentee should take the initiative and say, I'm gonna get meetings on the calendar for the next six months, nine months. However, we you know decide to uh, make this relationship last or, or longer. But that's absolutely critical because as you and I both know, we, we get drowned in meetings and emails and the like. And so I would just want to intentionally connect, have agendas for those meetings, have my camera on to build that trust relationship. And I think, you know, one thing remote has allowed us to do, it's so interesting. I mean, when, when we help with mentoring relationships in the past, everybody wanted someone in their office. There's like, but I, we, I wanna go to lunch with this person. I wanna have coffee with this person. I want, because it's a candid relationship, I want to be face to face with that person. What the circumstance has allowed us to do is to actually have global mentoring relationships. So it no longer matters to people that they're in the same location because they can do this and they're finding they can build a trustful relationship with somebody in the UK or you know with somebody in Manila. Um, so this has been a little bit of a great equalizer um, as challenging as these times have been to enable us to really get diverse perspectives, at least geographically, um, when we're talking about our development and seeking out a mentor. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm just gonna pile on uh, two more uh, essential yes. characteristics of, of, of a mentoring relationship that came to mm -hmm. mind. One is that the mentee must have an open mind uh, about the process. 
Yes. And be willing to to engage. You know, if you, yes. if if you're if you think you've got it all figured out, then don't look for a mentor because your mind Agreed. is closed. And, Agreed. You know what else is going to come in, uh, and then uh, the the second thing that comes to mind is, uh, you know, the flexibility to be able to detach if it's not working. Yes. Uh, much like a therapy. Uh, I talk a lot about therapy relationships in my book. And, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes you go through three or four therapists before you find the right one. That's right. And, you know, the same, the same concept applies in, uh, in a mentorship relationship. I completely agree. And I mean, you know, actually that's probably a better analogy. Sometimes I've, you know, used the dating analogy, but it, it is true that you have to have chemistry between the two people to make it work. And the mentee has to have an open mind. The mentor, again, kind of has to check their biases sometimes a little bit and meet the mentee where they're at. So you may know, you know, you might either you're paired with someone or you find someone, however it is you all come together and you might think, wow, this person should be further along or this person isn't very open-minded to what I'm saying. The mentor needs to kind of check that in the back of their mind and start asking questions, you know, to see where the mentee is starting from. Um, so, and, and not jump to solutions and and be the fixer. And some of us are fixers. I am one for sure. Um, but to really back away from that. But I I agree. The mentee the mentee needs to have an open mind not be defensive. Um, Sometimes a mentor, and rightfully so, might ask a provocative question. That's what you have a mentor for. A manager may not do that for you, um, but a mentor can do that. And you should want to be challenged if you're seeking out a a mentor to help you out. So I agree. Those are are great uh, other attributes um, that you would find in a good relationship. Yeah, so let's uh, let's close out with the enduring question of what's the difference between mentoring and coaching? <laughs> because that's where the confusion uh, comes. You know, many of the things that we've talked about are essential ingredients of a coaching relationship. So I'd, I'd really like to hear uh, Casey Walter's uh, position on what, what differentiates those two. Yeah, it's a good question because I'll start with what's similar. (laughs) And what's similar is the act of asking questions. I mean, if you are a good coach, once again, you're not solving the problem for the person. You are asking questions to to help the person solve the problem. Um, I would say coaching, and this could be a little bit where the manager comes in because I firmly believe managers should be coaches. Um, managers need to, again, ask the questions. This is observing performance. Um, but if you have a separate coaching relationship, whether it's your manager or not, it tends to be way more focused. Mentor relationships are more open. Again, it could be about your career, your network, your purpose, whatever those big lofty questions are that you want to get answers to. Where coaching tends to be more skill-focused, performance-focused, 
Um, you know, how can I get better at delivering presentations? You know, I facilitated this meeting. How did that go? Then you can get feedback and maybe again, lead into a coaching conversation where you're asked questions about you know, what did you feel went well? What did you feel did not go well? What do you think you might do as a next step to improve that? But really, it's not solving the problem for the person. It's leading them with questions to help them get to a solution. And I find those to be much more narrow in scope. And again, this is where I think a manager could be well suited to play that role, especially as it ties to skills and performance. So for me, that's kind of the differentiators. It's much shorter bursts, point in time, performance skill base, where mentoring relationships might be nine months, 12 months, again, depending on your, your goals. So for me, that, that's the primary difference. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in, uh, we, I, I said we kind of return to this, which is the long lens of time. Uh, I, you know, I, I look at this hand, these five digits on this hand, and that's the number of mentors that at my seasoned age of uh, close to 58, as I look back, I've only got five yep. mentors that I, yep. that I can name. Yep. Now, there may have been uh, many other mentorship relationships that maybe got a little bit off the ground and then fell flat. Yep. Uh, but uh, all, I, I'm interested in your perspective here, but the, from my perspective, this, this lens of time uh, also plays into, uh, at the end of the day, if you're asked kind of mid late career, how many mentors you, you had, uh, it's going to be a pretty small list. Uh, would you agree with that? It is, it is a small list. I completely would agree. I, I think, I do think mentoring relationships should have a close to them. Um, that, that is a question I get asked a lot is like, well, you know, wouldn't I have a mentor for 10 years? Well, I mean, you, you might, right? It depends on your goals, but I really feel they need to be goals driven. It's not that you can never have a relationship with that person. You know, it's not that you'll never speak to this person again, and maybe you would engage them again. Um, you're like, well, you know what? I'm now stuck here. So what would you recommend? Um, but I, I agree with you, Andy. I can count on probably one hand as well. Um, how many mentors I've had over the years. And I've had mentors inside my organization. I've also had mentors outside my organization um, that are just within my discipline. Um, but that gives me a very different perspective as well than being within the organization that I work in. Um, but uh, I think previous managers actually make great mentors as well. So that's something to think about too. But I would agree. I Coaching can happen all the time. I mean, we encourage peer coaching as well. I mean, so it seems to be very short-term, point-in-time focus where mentoring, I, I would agree, much longer relationships. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, Casey, uh, thank you so much for, for being with us today. Uh, I, I learned a lot from you and I'm sure our listeners uh, did, did as well. Uh, so thanks so much for joining us on the Balancing Act podcast. Uh, just a reminder, you can find us on all major podcasting platforms and uh, you know, a little self-serving uh, self plug here. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the Balancing Act uh, on Amazon or at your favorite book retailer. So thanks for listening and join us next time.